we're going with uh, our series called God First, as you can see on the screens. And um, if you've not got a card, if you weren't here, well, give me a wave if you were here last week. If you was here last week, so there's many of you. But if you weren't, on the way out, there'll be a card because we just want to encourage you. And I want to just set again the scene, the foundational verse. And it's found in Matthew in chapter 6 and verse 33. I wonder if we could just have it on the screen. And this is a verse that I want us all to just remember for us to know uh, clearly. And um, it says there in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 from the New King James Version. Yeah, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness... And then all these things shall be added unto you. I'd like us to read it together if we will. So after three, one, two, three. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What we're looking at is how we can put God first. And also areas where we need to put God first. Now... Last week I just shared the illustration that very often, and I'm not going to say too much about it, but this is very much like our lives. We pour our lives with all kinds of stuff. It goes in there, and this is the sand, and some of it's good stuff. Some of it, you know, we could, we could put aside, but, you know, family, kids, job, education, holidays, houses, money, and it all pours in. And then very often many of us then trying to put God in that and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work if we try and do it that way. Because no matter how much we push and shove to put God into that stuff, it doesn't work. The answer is putting God first into our lives. Then all the other stuff that we've just said, we can then work into our lives. And this is the principle. So every week, this container is going to be there as a reminder Of how we need to put God first. Now let me just say to you. If you are a first time guest here today. You are completely off the hook. With what I'm about to talk about. You are completely off the hook. You can now kick your shoes off. And just relax a little bit. Is that okay? If you're on a faith journey. And you're not a Christian. Then again. You're off the hook. You can just enjoy my next 25 minutes and not be a problem. But if you belong to Arena Church, then this message is specifically for you. Now, if you're on a faith journey or you're looking to find a family, then I'd love you to be just engaged with the ministry because I really believe, as Phil prayed at the very beginning, that your heart will be opened and God would speak to you from what I'm about to share. Because this evening... I want to talk about God first in the area of giving. In the area of giving. So now all the Christians are heavy. Quick breath. What's he going to go with this? Well, we'll we'll unpack it tonight. But I want to make these first statements. You see, I believe what you love the most, you place first in your life. What you love the most becomes a priority in your life. Would that be true? Those who are married, there's a love for our husbands or our wives. Those who have children, there's a love for our children. And we prioritize them very high. What I believe is what we love the most, we place first in our lives. And many people put money first because they love money 
the most. Many people put money first because they love money the most. You see, what we prioritize shows me what we value. And in this area of money, I don't want to race ahead of myself, but in this area of money, I believe it's a massive thing. We were walking, Phil and I were beautiful. Um, did we go in April or May to Albania? March. It was gorgeous. It was just like a summer's day in, in England. We were walking along the coast in uh, Duras, weren't we? It was just beautiful. I think Phil had an ice cream in his hand. It was lovely. It was it just fantastic. Missions trips are really hard work, actually. They, they really are. They're hard work. It's hard suffering for Jesus, isn't it, Phil? It really is. We just enjoyed a great meal out, steak and chips. It was just fantastic. No, that was I me mean, just embellishing the story. But anyway, we're walking down. We're just having a conversation. It was a great trip. And I just said to him, he's already referred to it over these last few weeks. I said to him, I believe the single biggest problem in people's lives and, in, and, in, and certainly in church life is not the area of sexuality. It's not the area of power. It's the area of money. I really do. And particularly in the British church, I believe it's a massive, massive issue. And it's something that we just need to be able to free to talk about and talk about freely. Because I believe that one of the things that happens is we value money more than many other things. And so that becomes a God of our lives. I want to just take your attention to Exodus in chapter 20. And we're going to read three verses together. I wonder if we could find it on the screen. Exodus in chapter 20 and verse 3. For those of you who are familiar with your Bibles, and those who aren't, you will know undoubtedly what I'm about to say. Because here we see the introduction of something called the Ten Commandments. So we see here God introducing the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel. Now some people would say they're completely out of date. No, we actually need to go back to the Ten Commandments because they will be a bedrock for our society if we would you know, own them with all of our hearts and really live out these commandments. And I just want to read just a couple of them to us tonight. Because it says there, from verse 3 through to verse 6, it says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And I punish the children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. I love what it says in the message version of Exodus 20 verse 3. No other gods, only me. No other gods, only me. And honestly, guys, let's just, you know, loosen up tonight and just try and enjoy this kind of talk because honestly, I'm not wanting to come of it from a heavy position. And I'll come on to it in a moment. I actually don't want your money and I'll, I'll, I'll make what I mean by that. And neither does God. But the, 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 the issue is that money can become such a God in our life. It can become such a God in our life. You see, there are people who have, so if you've come from a wealthy background, it could be, it's not always the case, it could be that actually money then becomes a big thing for you and you try and keep the money that you've got and it becomes a big thing to you. 
There are other people who were born with nothing and were determined to get out of their nothing into something. And then you see them now, how they operate. And money has become a huge, huge God to them. Because they came from nothing and now they're into something. And we've all seen people who have climbed the ladder of success and now have lots of stuff. And it's almost like it's their God. Don't touch my stuff. You can have anything else, but don't touch my money. And he becomes a God to them. We have to be very careful as Christian people. Who we say we're putting God first. Who we say that he is the God, true God of our lives. And yet we live out something very different where money is the God of our lives. We have to be very, very careful because God says you shall love no other gods other than me. Let me remind you, no other gods, only me. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say money in itself. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. What I've realized is that money can easily get in the way. Money can easily get in the way. I've seen people who have um, fallen out over money. I've seen families separated by money. I've seen all kinds of things happen. Why? Because of money. It gets in the way. And I want to take your attention to just a story in the Bible because I think it's a really, really important story for us to just look at just for a few moments. And it's found in Matthew in chapter 19 and verse 16. If you've got a Bible, I'd love you to turn to it. If not, we'll endeavor to get it onto the screen. Because in Matthew 19 verse 16, Jesus is talking and he's sharing and he's, and he's speaking. And then what happens is there's a very, very well-to-do, a very together, a very influential, a very righteous young man who comes and gets Jesus' attention. This was a young ruler, it says in some versions. And it says from verse 16 of Matthew 19 that there was another day and a man stopped Jesus and he said to him, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you question me about what's good? God is the one who is good. If you want to enter the life of God, just do what he tells you. And the man replied to Jesus, what in particular? And Jesus said, well, don't murder. He's quoting from the Ten Commandments. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. Honor your mum and dad. And love your neighbor as you do yourself. And the young man said, I've done all that. What's left? If you want to give it all you've got, Jesus replied, go sell your possessions and give everything to the poor. All your wealth will then be in heaven. Then come, follow me. And this was the last thing that the young man expected to hear. And so crestfallen, he walked away. You see, he was holding on tight to a lot of things and he couldn't bear to let go. He couldn't bear to let go. You see, this young ruler had done everything right. He'd honored his mum and dad. He hadn't committed adultery. He hadn't lied. He told the truth. He was living a really, really upright kind of life. But there was one thing that Jesus identified in him. And there was a God in his life. 
And Jesus spoke right to the heart of the issue and said to him, if you want to inherit eternal life, if you want to follow me, if you want to put God first in your life, if you want the good things of God to follow your life, there's just one thing you need to do. Just one thing. Just one thing. And that is go sell everything that you own and give it away and come follow me. The reason why Jesus said that to him in particular was because he knew it was such a big deal. He knew that this young ruler, his God, was money. It was his material possessions. It was all that he was consumed by. It was all that he was focusing on. And I just love this, the, the language of the writer because he says, so crestfallen. The New International Version, I think he said, he left Jesus very sad. He walked away. He walked away because in his heart he was not prepared to put God first in the area of giving. How are we doing guys so far? How are we doing Christian people so far? How are we doing people of Arena Church? Because if this is, if we are really going to put God first, then we need to put him first in the area of our giving. It's not about God needing your money. This is a heart issue. God is looking for heart. Don't you think that actually Jesus was well able to take care of the poor in that day with this rich young ruler was in? God doesn't need our money. The Bible declares that he owns it all. It's all his. God is able to do whatever he wants. That is why we hear marvelous miracles of provision, because he was able to make sure we move it around to make sure it happened. And by the way, I was really, I said again, just in the team time that we had in prayer, you know, if we will seek God first and put him first in our life, then all these things will be added unto, unto us. What does that mean even in the life of church? It means upstairs and the sides, we need him to do some stuff up there, don't we? There's about four of you who believe. We need him to do some stuff up there. We want to be able to open that. We want to be able to do what we need to do with young people. And God knows that. If we will put him first, then all these things will be added unto us. And so I wonder how we're doing. I wonder if you at this point want to just walk away from Arena Church. Because this, I think, is probably the first time that we've ever talked specifically with regards to giving and money. We may have done it once before, but we've never, we don't really labor it particularly hard. But I believe that it's something that needs to just be built into the life of the church. You see, what I'm talking about here is a generous heart. Listen to me very carefully. We do not want you here for your money. If you take your notes, just write that down. You can quote me on this. Twitter it. Instagram it, Facebook it. Christian says, we do not want you here for your money. It's true. I don't want you here for your money. The leaders don't want you here for the money. The elders don't want you here for the money. We don't want you here for, the, for your money. Is that okay? So all breathe. Go on, nudge your person next to you. says, is, he, is, he, is this for true? You know, is this for real? No, I'm serious. Because I think you need to ease up a little bit. We don't want you here for your money. We really don't. I'm aware there are people who attend Arena, this isn't me being edgy, who give nothing or very little financially to Arena. And you're still welcome. Very, very welcome. But what we're talking about here 
in putting God first is that there is a better way to live without money. And it's from a free and generous heart. That's what it is. If I'm having to cajole you, if, I'm, if we're having to stand up every week and just thrash the life out of you to start giving, then that's not joyous, is it? My kids are having to just forever beat me into submission. Now we know kids what they're like, Dad, please. Dad, I need it, please. Anybody else had kids like this? Dad, please. But if they're asking me for the shoes on the, on the feet, Dad, please give me a pair of shoes on my feet. I've not got no shoes. Then I'm not particularly, it's a bit, do you know what I mean? It's just crazy. In the same way, I'm not having to beat you. It would be terrible. That wouldn't be relational. But what needs to happen here is that there's a shift. There's a shift when we begin to understand that as we put God first in our lives, then that also includes our giving. And we put him first. And remembering what we read at the very beginning in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. That if we will seek God first, if we put him first, then all these things will be added unto us. So all that we need will be added unto us anyway. I didn't say all that you want. I said all that you need will be added unto you. By the way, my experience of God, and please don't shoot me down, is God doesn't always just give us our needs. Sometimes he does give us our wants as well. Because he's a generous father. He wants to bless our lives. He wants to give us good things. Anybody know the kind of dad that I'm talking about? This is the kind of dad that I know. I'm so undeserving of all the blessings that he bestows upon us. And yet he bestows it upon us. But he's not a sugar daddy that I can keep tapping him up for more and more and more. Because that doesn't help us. God is wanting to get our hearts here. And Arena Church is all about a heart of generosity. Why do we give away food? Why do we make food such a massive thing? Why do we keep piling the pounds on Philip Chandler and, people, and others? Sorry, he's going to tell me off now for that. Why do we, he always, he, I say that because Philip always says, Arena's all about food. It is. Why do we do all the food? Because we just love to give away. Why do we go and buy pizzas? Because we just want to express the heart of God to people. Why were there a group of people who went down into the marketplace giving away water and giving away cookies and Next month, cupcakes and all kinds. Because we just want to bless. We just want to bless. And we want that to be an expression of our, why did you people decided to just write checks out and IOUs to send people to Alton Castle? Because there's a generous heart. We want that more and more in the church. We don't want to hold back. Some of you are holding back. And God says, please, put me first. Not just in the area of serving, but in the area of giving. See, God doesn't want your money. Arena Church doesn't want your money. And God doesn't want your money. So let me work this out. You're asking us to give, but you don't want our money. And God doesn't want our money. Well, how does this work? Let me help you to understand. God doesn't want your money. The only thing he wants is your heart. See, God just wants to be first. He wants to be first. This is not about him needing your money. As I said, he doesn't need your money. But actually, if we give to God, it's a sure indication of whether he's got our, he's got our hearts. Does that make sense? We need to be people that put God first in the area of giving. 
This is why he's laid a principle. And I just want to talk in the closing moments that I have. Two principles. Very quickly. Because I say all that to just lay this in. Because if we don't get all that, we'll never get the, about the other stuff that, that I'm going to move on to. Have you got it so far? God wants us to put him first in the area of our giving. You see, when he's first, we are happy to give him our money. And I want to take your attention for a moment to Proverbs and chapter 3. In these closing moments that we have. And I know there's been quite a bit of Bible here. But I just want to talk around this. And please, if you've got your Bible or an electronic device, if you just turn with me. Because these are really, really powerful verses that will just help you. Proverbs 3 is a wonderful chapter. And I'd encourage you, if you've never read it, to read it. But verse 9 is very, very important. And that's been to me for many, many years. And it says there in Proverbs in chapter 3 in verse 9, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Now you may say, well I don't own a barn and I ain't got a vat. <laughs> and I get that. So let's bring it to the 21st century He's talking about your home will be filled to overflowing and your vats, your resource will brim over. You may say, I like, quite like this, new wine. Those who like a drink of red or white, you may say, I quite like that. It will just brim over with what you need. But he talks about honoring the Lord with our wealth. There's two things that I think that God talks about in Scripture which we cannot get away from. The first thing is this. God talks to us about giving to him, and he labels it, an old-fashioned phrase called a tithe, which is a tenth. A tenth of what we've been given. And the second thing that God talks about in the area of giving is with regard to our first fruits. So let's go to verse 9 again. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with your resource, with that which is coming into your house. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with your resource, with your Money. And the second thing he says, and then, and then he goes on to say, and with the first fruits of all your crops. We haven't got time to talk about the tithe, and there are some people who have different uh, thoughts around it. And I actually believe that some Christians really don't understand what they need to give. They haven't got their heads around it. I was talking with uh, Josh and Helen, and they were just telling me a story. Somebody who really didn't understand about the whole area of giving. And they just were able to help them understand what God says. And as a result of it, they're now seeing the blessings of giving, which is a wonderful thing. So if you're like that, you've never had any clarity on it in these next few moments that I've got. I just want to help you. There are some significant verses that would be helpful for you. And if you want to come and see me at the end, that would be great. But it talks about specifically in Malachi in chapter 3. We see it running through the Old Testament. And we see it running into the New Testament where God encouraged the people to give of their tithe. Listen to me. God doesn't need their money, but what it was showing was where their hearts were. We don't need your money. God will take, this is his church, he's building it. That's what he said he'll, he'll, he promises to do. But what he chooses to do is use us, you and I, to be the conduit in which he can do all that he needs to do. And God so desires that we will put him first. This is not about money. This is about putting him first. 
Because he understands that money is such a massive issue. And particularly in this 21st century, the culture and the, and the message that goes out is keep everything for yourself, be selfish, just absorb what you can, buy what you can, and if you haven't got the money for it, take credit on it. And it's just a consumer kind of world that we live in. And God comes to us and says, no, I want to show you a better way. And that is with regards to putting me first in the area of finances. So giving me a tenth of your money, a tenth of your resource. You may say, Christian, that is such a big stretch for me. I understand, but I can't get away from the Bible. I've got friends of mine who encourage people to start at 1% and then go to 2% and then go to 3%. I've got no problem with that. But how we started was we saw it and we just decided we're going to put in first. So that means 10%. You heard us say last week, we really didn't have or was it the week before? We really didn't have, at the times, an awful lot of money. But we just decided to put God first. And as a result of putting God first, with our tithe, with 10%. So if that means we earn 500 quid, which actually we, my, my, my salary for many, many years was 433 pounds and 33 pence. Earned 100 pounds a week as a minister. Not in Il- Ilkeston, but in Milton Keynes. That's what I earned. 433 pounds. So that meant to say that we was to put 44 pounds into the offering. We weren't so tight that we just did 43.33. You know how it works. We just, 44 quid. We put 44 quid in the offering. That was a big deal to us. That was a lot of money. But we decided to put God first. And let me tell you, as we put God first, all these things were added unto us. God was gracious to us. Sure, it was tight. Sure, it was difficult. But God was good to us. He really was. And we decided to put him first by giving of our tithe. What does that mean for you? What does that mean if you're, you know, earning 60 quid a week, putting six quid? You may say, well, it's hardly worthwhile. No, it's worthwhile. Honor God with what he's putting in. For some of you, the the more you earn, the more of a stretch it becomes. For other people who may be earning 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 pounds a month, it becomes more of an issue. Because we're talking big bucks, talking 200, 300, 400 pounds a month. But I believe that if we will honor God with this principle, then I believe we will see the benefits. Because actually what God wants to do here is he wants to prick our hearts. He wants us to become first. The second area that's mentioned about is because it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. If you have no idea what first fruits are and time has gone from us, you need to go onto the Arena Church website. It's a real dodgy film that Dave and I filmed. It was in my office. I look like an absolute convict. If you think this is bad, you want to see the video, honestly. It's terrible. It's shocking. Dave tried to do a little bit of Photoshop on me and make me look like George Clooney, but it didn't work. All right? It didn't work. But there's a five-minute first fruits video on there. If you go to media... And just look at it. And I just outlined what first fruits is. Again, it's an Old Testament practice that ca- I believe just carries through. We see it running through to the New Testament. In that what God says to us is, is to the people of God, he says, give me the first fruits of your first crops. So for what that means for us, and many of us in, in Arena Church have done this, we've actually, uh, we, we, we give of an amount. It's for some people, there's no specific amount. But some people may put 30 pounds in, some people might put 50 quid in, some people might put 1,000 quid in. 
But the principle is, it's about the promise to come. We believe that as we sow, it's about the promise to come. That was the first fruits. It was the first gathering of the harvest. They hadn't gathered the whole harvest. It was like, almost like the first day's first fruits of the harvest. And they presented it before the Lord. It was for the promise to come. It's something that we've done for many, many years here in Arena Church. And I would encourage you tonight, again on the way out, to take an envelope. Because we've got them here. And it's a first fruit envelope. And what we're encouraging you over the next few weeks, we'll put a close date on because I haven't chatted to the guys yet. But over these next few weeks, I want to encourage you to go and have a look at the video. Come and talk to some of the leaders. Come and work it through. We'll give you the Bible verses. And then commit to sowing your first fruit offering. I am in awe of some of the stories of what people have said to me. When they've sowed their first fruits, it's like God has just taken care of the year. It's been incredible. Money that's just come to them from different sources. And it's been a wonderful thing. These are all the principles that I believe help us to put God first. I'll just throw that in towards the end because I'm going to be naughty. If you want to put God first, here's a challenge to you. Be the first person to the bar. Take somebody out and buy them, buy them a meal. Because what we're talking about is a heart of generosity. This is not about money. This is about living out of a generous heart. You see, I believe that as we give him the first, he blesses us. And as we give him our tithe, he pours out. I, for one, don't want to be living like this, where in the midst of all my stuff, including money, I just keep doing this, pouring into my life, and then I say in the middle of it, I want to just put God in there, because it doesn't work. I want to be a man, I want us to be a couple, I want us to be a family here in Arena Church, that continue to put God first. And this includes the area of giving. I wonder if we'd bow our heads in prayer.